attention is those little words that tell you where you are in time and space. You know, a preposition like in, by, through, things like that, um, will or have been, that's your preposition. And your preposition matters. And a lot of times people fail to be healed because they say, I'm waiting on God to heal. So what is that? To heal is a preposition meaning sometime in the future. But the Bible declares that you have already been healed. Some people will declare, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for God, you know, God will heal me. That's future tense. Not God has healed me. Your preposition matters. And your preposition, and, and here's what you have to understand. Satan doesn't analyze things the way we analyze things. You know, you can go... How can I explain this where it's not? Let's, there are certain territories that belong to God, and there are certain territories that belong to Jesus. Uh, I mean, to Satan. Uh, what do you mean by that? Well, Satan is the God of this world. He's the God of this world. And where people have allowed Satan to have presence, where people have basically, where there's been idol worship, where there's been a lot of sin, a lot of yielding to the ideas and the effects of Satan, then Satan says, oh, you're going to yield to me? Then this house or this place belongs to me. Okay? And where a lot of Christians get themselves in a mess is they try to go on the devil's territory and they try to exercise authority over the devil because they know that they have authority. Well, that's true. You have authority but your authority is restricted to your realm, to your spot. For example, a devil is not allowed to come in my house and put sickness on me. He's not allowed to. But if I go and I hang out with the chronically ill, unless I had a word from the Holy Ghost to go there, then especially the, the, not only the chronically ill but the contagious, if I go to where the contagious are and God didn't tell me to go where the contagious are, then I've overstepped my authority. A lot of people will say this. They'll know. God will deal with them and God will say, listen, you need to, you've been diagnosed with diabetes. You need to stop eating sugar. And they'll go, oh, I can just bless it and Jesus will take care of it. No, no, no. Why? Because God told you to stop eating the sugar. So when you eat the sugar, guess what you're opening the door to? Satan. Why? Because you're rebelling against God. You're sinning. You're getting over on the devil's territory. Well, the same thing goes with our prepositions. If you say God will heal me, then people will justify it and they'll say, well, I'm still building my faith, I'm studying, I'm working, I'm getting myself to where I can actually believe for the manifestation, and that's why I say God will. Satan's not listening to your reasoning. Satan said, you said will, that means I don't have to obey. Your prepositions matter. They matter. I want you to look at how Jesus spoke and how Jesus talked. 
I want you to look at, well, we don't know if it's God's will to heal. Oh, yes, we do. Let's look at Matthew chapter 8. This is what I call the great I will chapter because we see healing after healing and Jesus never tells anybody no. In, uh, in verse 1, let's look at this, Matthew chapter 8, verse 1, and he says this. When he has come down from the mountain, or when he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Now, this leopard, I want you to look at what he said. He said, the, the, this leopard said, uh, Lord, if it's your will to heal, I know that you can. He didn't question God's ability. What did he question? He questioned the Father's will. And this is why some people, some people will take the scripture and they'll say, see, this is why you have to pray God if it's your will. No, he wasn't asking God, uh, you know, will you heal me? He wasn't give, asking permission. He didn't know. We could say it this way. And behold, there came a leopard and worshipped him. Notice number one, the leopard did what? Worshipped him. In other words, in other words, the leopard knew that God had the ability. He worshipped Jesus, and he said, uh, "Lord, if thou desire, if thou desire, you can make me clean." When we read it that way, it takes out the whole "if it's God's will," because he wasn't saying, "Well, God will get around to it someday." He was saying, "Lord, do you desire to heal me?" Now let's keep going and find out what the answer to this is. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. What did Jesus say? He said, I desire to clean you, to, to heal you. I desire. It's always God's will or it's always God's desire to heal you. So this is not something that you have to wait for. Did Jesus say, yes, I desire to cleanse you, but you don't quite qualify yet. Go do some more worship. Go do some more study. Go do some more stuff and then come back. And if I desire to at that point, then perhaps I'll do it then. He didn't say that. No, he didn't say that at all. Jesus put forth his hand and touched him. Jesus literally reached out and touched that sickness. What, no matter what you're dealing with, if you're dealing with mental issues, if you're dealing with physical issues, if you're dealing with heart issues, if you're dealing with lung issues, if you're dealing with joint issues, no matter what you're dealing with, Jesus literally reaches out to that sickness and he touches it with the power of God and he said, healed. Instantly. The question is, is do you receive it instantly or are you still waiting for Jesus to touch you because he's already done it? See, this is where your preposition matters. If you're continually saying, God will heal me, I will have my healing, I will get there someday, at some point the manifestation will take place, then all of those terms are future tense. If you're speaking future tense, uh, future's not going to get here. Future's not going to get here. Turn to uh, Mark 11.23. Turn to Mark 11.23. Or 22. 
Yep. <clears throat> and Mark eleven twenty two, he said this. Jesus answering saith unto them, remember this was the fig tree. The fig tree, when Jesus spoke to the fig tree and said, from this day forward, you're not producing any more fruit. The fig tree didn't say, well, someday I'll get old and die and stop producing fruit. So I guess Jesus was right. <laughs> no, that fig tree dried up from the roots that very day, that very night. When God responds, he responds immediately. He responds immediately. The problem is, is we can't, we, we get our big brains in the way. We say because our body is still talking to us, then that means that God hasn't done his part. No, when our body starts talking to us, what that means is our body is rebelling against what God has already done. One of two things. Either your body is rebelling or Satan is blockading. One of the two. So if Satan is blockading, what do you have to do? You have to exercise your authority. If your body is rebelling, what do you have to do? Exercise your authority. If the moment that you say, well, eventually the pain will go, is the moment that you just got on Satan's territory. The moment that you say, I will receive my healing is the moment that you just got on Satan's territory. Because Satan hears that I, it will happen. It will come to pass. It will down the road. He says, that's my opportunity. I get to blockade the healing. Your prepositions matter. Look at what he says right here. And he said, number one, have faith in God or have faith like God. When God speaks, he doesn't question. We don't see in Genesis chapter 1 where he said, let there be light, and then God went, is there light? Well, the light's maybe happening. Hello? He said, no. He said, let there be light, and light was. He said, let the, let the firmament be divided from the waters, and the firmament was divided. He said, let the trees come, and the trees came. He said, let the animals after their own kind come after their own kind, and they happen. When God speaks, it happens immediately. What we have to do is we have to stop thinking about it from a natural standpoint and start thinking of it from a supernatural standpoint. Just because your body says, you ain't healed, doesn't mean that God is a liar. When you, when you believe for healing, you, the moment that you pray is the moment that you receive. But, I'll give you this example. If I say, hey, Zach, I have a gift for you, and Zach takes the gift, he takes the gift. He receives the gift. He has it right then. But then Zach says, well, eventually I'll get my gift from God. Satan comes right along, and he takes the gift, and you no longer have it. You no longer have it. Now, what you have to do is when you pray, you receive it, and you cover that thing. You know, football people, how much you know? They hold on to that ball with everything they have. They fight with everything they have to remain in control of that ball. You have to fight with everything you have to remain in control of your healing. When the devil says, oh, it didn't happen, it'll happen eventually, you better not agree with him. 
You better learn to have faith like God and say, nope. When I prayed, I believed I received, therefore it's mine. Satan, my healing is in my arms, and you will not take it from me. Amen. You can't take it from me. you got to fight with everything in you to hold on to that thing. How do you fight with the words of your mouth? Let's keep reading. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed. And be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. Doubt in his heart. When you say things like, I will get healed. I will have my recovery. I will down the road. Someday, Jesus is going to come to my house and heal me. When you say those things, guess what? The mountain is not going to move. The mountain's not going to move. Notice he said, for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto the mountain, be thou removed. He didn't say, mountain, be removed eventually. Mountain, sometime down the road, be moved. Or when you feel like it. Mountain, uh, somewhere, when, when I get enough faith, then you can go. No, he said, have faith in God, and when you speak to the mountain and tell the mountain to move, guess what has to happen? It's got to move. The mountain has to to move how much of you have sickness in your body is a mountain amen it's a mountain it's a mountain mountain you must go look at what he says and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass he shall have whatsoever he saith. notice it says shall not doubt in his heart this is why it becomes so critical that we learn to speak from the spirit and not from the head we have to learn to speak from the spirit and not our emotion because our head and our emotion will say, it's not working. Our head and our emotion will say, well, he didn't do it this time. He'll do it down the road. Our head and our emotions will say, well, you, you need to, you, it didn't happen immediately, so you have to build your faith towards it. No, 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 no. Your spirit will always say, when you prayed, you received it, you had it. Your spirit will say, I have no more pain in Jesus' name. Where your flesh will say, where your flesh will say, pain, go, your flesh will continue to command, your spirit will say, I've already received. So this is where you have to learn to speak from the spirit, because notice what he said. He said, if you believe in your heart, that's your spirit. Listen, you can have faith in your spirit and doubt in your head and get the victory. What you cannot have is faith in your head and doubt in your heart. A lot of people receive their faith, they hear a good message, they have a good emotion, and in the moment they heal, they receive it. But then, don't do this, I'm guilty, I have done this, I've been in a fantastic service, I mean my faith was stirred, my mental faith was stirred, my faith was stirred, I said this is my moment, this is it, this is when I'm getting my healing, when hands are laid on me, that's my point of contact, the pain's going to go instantly. I come to the prayer line and instantly the pain lessens. Maybe the pain leaves for a moment. Then I get back in my seat, and the service runs a little longer. And then I'm thinking, I'm doing pretty good. And I go to the bathroom, and I go to sit to use their facilities, or I go to get up, or something along those lines, and there'll be a twinge of pain. And I'll go, oh. And out of my mouth, Lord, I don't think it worked. Guess what? 
just lost. I had it, but I just lost it. Why? Because preposition, Lord, it didn't. When I should have should have said, Father, I thank you that it worked. Father, I thank you that I'm healed. Father, I thank you that I'm whole. Instead, I said, preposition, Lord, it did not. It did not. How much, you know, we went from having it to losing it with the word did not. Amen. With the word not. Prepositions matter. Prepositions matter. Let's keep reading just a little bit more. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Does it say believe that you will receive? He said believe that you receive. First, believe that you have it. Believe that you have it. How much do you know? Uh, you know, Black Friday, did, you know, do you do any you know, online shopping? How much do you know? The money's already gone through your bank. Your bank says it already belongs to you. The store says it's on its way, but do you have it in hand? No. No, but how much do you know? You're already thinking, man, I got that whatever I ordered. It already belongs to me. That's the same thing. You don't sit there and go, well, I got me a black, you don't, you know, I got me a TV for Black Friday. I ordered it on Amazon, and it'll show up eventually. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> how much do you know you are watching for the delivery guy? You are like, I have a TV. I got me. In fact, if, I, if we had a conversation, well, did you get any deals? Yes, sir, I did. Yes, ma'am, I did. What kind of deal did you get? I got me a brand new TV, smart TV. It's one of them curved ones, and it's going to take up like my wall like this. And, and you're going to tell me all about the features. And I'm going to be like, oh, so do you enjoy it? They're going to be like, yep, I'm really enjoying it. And it's not even in the house yet. That's the way you have to be with your healing. But so often we go, well, I did order it, but I don't know when it's going to show up. Listen, you just bought a big TV. How about you ordered your car? Have you ever go? I mean, there's people, you know, you can go and order your car ahead of time. You can get everything you want, the color you want, the material you want. You get everything exactly the way you want it. You pay them the big money. And do you sit back and go, well, eventually my car is going to come? Uh-uh. <laughs> uh-uh. No, you know the date. You, you're telling everybody, man, let me tell you about my new car that I got. Guess what? You need to be the same way about your healing. You need to be the same way about your healing. Your prepositions matter. Your prepositions matter. He said, wherefore I say unto you whatsoever uh, you desire, this is something you have to really want, it's not something casual, when you pray, number one, when you, number one pray, you number pray. two, believe that you have received once you pray you have to believe that you already have it no matter what your body tells you i'm not getting it someday i've heard so many people i've counseled with them and i've gotten them i said you see it in the word that you already have it you already have your healing i see it i see it i'll see them a week later hey how you doing how's your healing coming and they'll go well i'm just waiting on the lord to heal me Waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting on the Lord. Preposition. I'm waiting. You're going to keep waiting. You're going to keep waiting. You're going to keep waiting. No, how's it going? Man, I am the healed of the Lord. Jesus is taking care of my infirmities. Here's the one that, here's the, one the devil knows he's got you. How you doing? You healed? You're good? I have it by faith. 
He knows he's got you on the ropes. He knows he's got you on the ropes. He knows, Satan knows, if I just keep putting blockades, if I keep, if I just keep the pressure up a little longer, they're going to give in and they're going to say, I didn't get it. No. By faith. Yeah, I got my healing. Yeah, I'm healed. Yeah, I'm whole. Yeah, I'm pain free. Yeah, I got this. Why? Because you have to believe it when you prayed. And then you have, and the trick is staying in faith. He said, believe that you received it, and look, and then you shall have them. The then is not there, but it's implied. And if you will get in faith, stay in faith, that's when the manifestation comes. That's 99% of people lose their healing between the receiving and the manifestation. Right there. That's the danger zone. It's not getting into faith to receive. We can get you there pretty quick. And once the manifestation's there, you can't be talked out of it. It's that in-between phase. That in-between phase is where the devil, you're in the ring with the devil. And if he can get you on the ropes, if he can get you down on the mat, he will. And how does he do it? Through the words of your mouth. Through the words of your mouth. If you're, if you're dealing with some type of ailment where it's painful to get up, man, I had to do this. I had to position myself before I would get up because, with a smile. I'm smiling. I had to mentally prepare myself so I didn't say anything to give the devil an opportunity to get my faith on the rails. I positioned myself, put a smile on my face. Get up, be prepared. When the body talks back, what are you going to say? I go to get up and out of my mouth with a smile. Father, I thank you that I'm healed. Father, I thank you that I have no pain in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that all pain has left my body. Not pain, get out of my body. I've already told the pain to go. If I tell the pain to go and tell the pain to go and tell the pain to go, the pain knows he, she don't believe that. You know, have you ever dealt with them unruly kids that bounce the ball in the house? Have you ever dealt with them? You know, the kid throws the ball, and the kid throws the ball, and the kid throws the ball, and the mama and the daddy say, Honey, stop throwing the ball. What does that kid do? He keeps throwing throws the ball. Throws the ball. Throws the ball a few more times. Honey, quit throwing that ball. What do they do? They go around the corner, and they throw the ball. Right? It's not until the parent screams at the top of their lungs and maybe even threatens to get out of the chair before the child goes, oh, they mean it. And they stop throwing the ball. And sometimes that doesn't even work. Sometimes if the kid is left unruly for so long, the parent actually has to physically get up, go get the ball, and take it and set it in their lap before the kid will stop. Listen, the devil is the same way with sickness. The devil is just exactly the same way. Pain go in Jesus' name. Throws the ball. Come on, Satan. Take your sickness and go. He's going to throw that ball. Why? He knows you don't mean it. He knows you don't mean it. Come on. He said, no, believe. Believe. I want you to go to Isaiah. I want you to look at this. Isaiah is pretty cool, some of the things he shows us. 
Isaiah 61. Look at how Jesus talks. This is the prophet Isaiah under the unction of the Holy Ghost, verses 1 through 3. Let's read. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He hath sent me to, the, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Now, this is the prophet Isaiah speaking by the unction of the Holy Ghost. So we could say the Holy Ghost is speaking, and the Holy Ghost is speaking about the Christ to come. Does it say, does it say, the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord God will be upon me, because the Lord will anoint me to preach good tidings to the meek, and he will send me to bind up the, uh, he will send me to bind up the brokenhearted. Uh, no. He, he, he's talking about it. This is something that has not even occurred yet. And yet the Holy Spirit is talking about this like it has already taken place. It's already taken place. Why? Because just like we have what we say, the Father God has what he said. So if the Holy Spirit had gotten the prophets to speak in future tense, we would still be waiting on Jesus. No, no, no. The Spirit in the Old Testament had to speak it into existence like it was already happening. Back up to chapter 53. Verse 3, 53, 3, 4, and 5. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne, hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Notice the emphasis on the prepositions. Does it say uh, he will be despised and rejected of men? He will be a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. And will be hid, as it were, from our faces. Uh, he will be despised. No, no, no. He's talking about it again. The Holy Spirit, the prophet, is speaking by the Holy Spirit like Jesus has already come and these things have already occurred. Look at the end of verse 5. It says, and with his stripes we are will be healed. No, we are healed. We'll eventually get healed. We are no. healed. Right back there, before Jesus was ever born, the Spirit said, By his stripes you are healed. 
we've got to get our prepositions in an agreement with the Father in order for the manifestations to begin to take place. We've got to get an agreement with him. Go to um, Mar- Luke, Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. This is Jesus. He's teaching in the synagogues. He asked one of the scribes, he, um, he asked one of the scribes to bring him the scroll of Isaiah. They bring him the scroll of Isaiah. He opens it. To this section of Isaiah, and he begins to read in verse 18, uh, Luke 4:18. He found the place where it was written, "The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised." To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. What did Jesus say? He said what God said. When we need our healing to take place, we have to get in agreement with the scriptures. We have to use the prepositions that the Spirit uses. By his stripes, we are healed. In Isaiah, in 1 Peter 2.24, by his stripes I was healed. And if I was, then we can make the leap through meditation. If I was healed, then I am healed. And if I am healed, then no sickness can attack me. No sickness can touch me. If he was hung on a tree to break the curse, then the curse has no right upon me. See, once you begin to understand the importance of the prepositions, this is why understanding who you are in Christ and what you have in Christ matters. Because when you understand that you are in him and he is in you and his name is above every name and every name that's named is under his feet, when sickness attacks, you can say, ah, name, get under my feet. Why? Because it has no right. It will try to position itself in your life, but it doesn't have a right to. You have a legal responsibility to... Um, hold legal ground. My sister and I had a fantastic visit with my sister. You know, it was a wonderful visit. We actually think a lot of the same ways now, praise God. But she said this. She said, you know what's so frustrating? And I had to agree with her. She said, there's, now, she doesn't know Jesus. She said, there's wackos on both ends. There's people that are too far in the ditch on the left and too far in the right. And she says, and that wreaks havoc for all of us in the middle. And I said to her, I said, you know, you're right. I said, but the pro-, I said, here's the, because she had said some other things. And I said, here's the problem, Raina. I said, and you've already pointed it out. I said, those of us that are in the middle, we're so busy just trying to live a peaceable life that we don't stand up for what is rightfully ours. And guess what? We don't stand as Christians. We don't stand up for what is rightfully ours in Christ. We don't take the time to study our authority. We don't take the time to learn that every name that is named is under Jesus' feet and Jesus has whipped them. When COVID showed up, we should have looked at the train of his, of his, of his robe and, we had, and had we looked far enough down the train, we would have already found the name COVID under the victor's labels amen 
we would have already found it. And we would have said, ah, that's on the train of the robe. That means it's already been whipped. Uh-uh, we don't got to close our doors. God's already got it. God's already whipped it. But what did we do? What did the church family do? The church family panicked and ran into their houses and went, Jehovah Rapha is not bigger than COVID. What were we doing? No, Jehovah Rapha is bigger. Jehovah is Rapha is bigger. And Jesus said, he said, the spirit of the Lord is what? Upon Upon me. me. Is the spirit of the Lord in you? Yes. Oh, if it was upon him, but it's in you, guess what? You can't be denied if you will stand. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is is upon me because he hath done what? Anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, and he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive, receive uh, and recovery of sight to the blind, and set at liberty them that are bruised. How much do you know that sickness is a bruise? That word bruise is, you could say it this way, to set at liberty those that are afflicted with sickness. That's what you could say. But we've got to get in agreement. I love um, the woman with the issue of blood. Let's turn back to Matthew. The woman with the issue of blood in Jairus. I love both of these two because they're amazing. Uh, he's, it's just amazing. And uh, look at verse eight, Matthew chapter 9, verse 18. While he spake these things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshipped him, saying, My daughter is even now dead, but come and lay thy hand upon her, and she shall live. And Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood twelve years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, If I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. Glory to God. But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made thee whole. Glory to God. Look at what she said. What did she say in verse 21? Let's, let's really analyze verse 21. I love this verse. He, she said this. She, and notice she, it said, she said. Within herself. Within herself. She made a determination. If I but touch his garment. In other words, if I can come in contact, I don't even have to touch his physical body. All I have to do is touch what is physically touching him. It, basically what she was saying is if I can get this point of contact. She's a tangible person like I am. She's tangible. She's got to have a point of contact. That's what the laying, of hand, laying on of hands is for. It's for a point of contact. It's for no other reason than for you to say the power of God flowed through that minister and into me the moment that they touched hands. That was the point of contact. And so she, her point of contact was the reaching out and the grabbing of, her, of his clothes. She said, the moment that I reach out and the moment that I touch his clothes, what did she say? I will eventually be made whole? No. I, I shall, shall be. be whole. I shall be. The moment that I touch his clothes is the moment that I am healed. And she couldn't be denied. 
Now, let me tell you what. When Jesus, in the other account of this, it says that Jesus, knowing that virtue or power went out of him, he turned around in the press because people were pressing him. He turned around in the press and said, who touched me? How much do you know in that moment she had every opportunity to back off of that statement right there? Oh, because I'm sure the devil was going, you're in trouble now. I guarantee you. First of all, she has an issue of blood. She's had this issue of blood for 18 years. Everybody in the community knows her. Everybody in the community knows that she is not supposed to be in that group. Everybody there knows she knows that they know. She knows that when they discover that she's there, that she is going to possibly be stoned to death. But she was so desperate for healing that she refused to be denied. And I, I truly believe, because it was a multitude, it was hundreds of thousands of people were following him. She can't be recognized. She can't be seen. I truly, because she said, if I can touch but the hem of his garment... I truly suspect that that woman was on her hands and knees working her way through the crowd. Please, God, don't let anybody see me. God, don't let anybody see me. And she reached out and she touched his hem with the touch of the faith of God. And she said, if I can just touch that hem, I will be whole. She didn't say, I might be whole. She didn't say, God might heal me. God will someday heal me. Eventually, my healing will show up. If I touch his hymn, then he'll come down to my house in the great, before the great by and by and heal me. Even if it's on my deathbed, I'll see the glorious healing power of God. She didn't say any of that. She said, when I come in contact, that's the moment. She, didn't, she never asked her body what her body thought. But I guarantee you, while she's there on the ground, and she reaches through, and she touches the hem of his garment, and instantly power left him and went into her. It said, the other account said, knowing she knew what had transpired in her body, knowing that healing had taken place, she got up in fear and trembling and, and said, it was I. She got up in fear and trembling. She didn't, she didn't get up and say, well, I thought maybe if I could touch the hem of your garment that, well, maybe I might be healed. Because if she had said that, how much do you know? Instantly her healing would have been lost. Instantly her healing would have been lost. Immediately. But look at what Jesus said to her. Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made thee whole. Glory to God. Just keep going. And the woman was made whole from that hour. And when Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the minstrels and the people making a noise, he said unto them, Give place, for the maid is not dead, but sleepeth. Come on. And they laughed him to scorn. But when the people were put forth, he went in and took her by the hand, and the maid arose. And the fame thereof went abroad into all that land. And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was come into the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? And they said unto him, Yes, Lord. 
Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. Come on. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus straightly charged them, saying, See that no man knoweth it. Come on. It's funny. He just healed their eyes, and he says, See. (laughs) (laughs) See this. I want you to look at a couple of things here. Here's Jairus. Jairus had already come to Jesus and said, My daughter's at this point of death. Here comes this woman. Virtue go. He hears Jesus say, Virtue's gone out of him. And yet, so now, G, now Jairus has an opportunity to doubt. Jairus now has an opportunity to doubt. And Jairus says, look at this. He says, first of all, he said, daughter, verse 22, and Jesus turned to him. And when he saw her, he said, daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made thee whole. When you are in faith, wholeness is guaranteed. But you have to stay there. He said, daughter, you got into faith and you stayed in faith. He said, it's your faith that has made you whole. Believe it or not, this is Jesus telling this woman how to keep her healing. He said, daughter, your faith, your faith has made you whole. What that tells me and what this told her is she has to stay in faith even after the manifestation has occurred. Because here's what happens a lot of times. A lot of times, people will get their healing. They'll obtain it. They'll get the manifestation. But then the devil will come with a counterattack. Your eye, you, you're living for your, for your eyes to be healed. And you get up one day and everything's a little blurry. And you go, oh, I guess it didn't last. Or, oh, I guess it, or you say out of your mouth, well, my eyes are blurry. I guess I'm going to need those glasses after all. Guess what? The devil just... Now, when your eyes are a little blurry, you get up in the morning and you say, Father, I thank you. I have eyes that see. Father, I thank you that, I have, that, that my eyes are bright and maintain all through the days of my life. Now, come on, get into your healing. I hold on to it. Daughter, your faith has made you whole. In order to maintain healing, you must stay in faith. The kingdom of heaven swings on faith. The kingdom of Satan swings on fear if satan can get you in fear he can bring sickness back upon you so don't use fear prepositions oh i'm afraid that sickness is coming back i'm afraid that i'm losing my eyesight i'm afraid i'm losing my healing i'm afraid no 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 no. because when those statements come out of your mouth guess what satan knows he's got you on the ropes he knows he's got you on the ropes. He said, and the woman was made whole from that hour. And when Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the, the minstrels and the people making a noise, they were all wailing and crying. Basically, they were full. Do what? Yeah, the professional grievers were on the scene. And what did Jesus say? He said, unto them, give place, for the maid is not dead, but sleepeth. He said, y'all get out of here. She's not gone. She's not gone. Now, her physical body, don't make, now let me make this very clear. Her physical body, according to our modern science today, was dead. However, her spirit was alive unto God, and Jesus said, this ain't nothing God can't handle. Girl, get back in your body. She's just asleep. She's just asleep. But how much you know, Jairus had to hold on. In fact, in the other account, Jesus said, Jairus, stay in faith. 
Keep your eyes on me. Don't take your eyes off of me. Keep your eyes right on me. And they laughed him to scorn. How much do you know? Uh, that's, not, that's, that's not looking good. They were in no faith whatsoever. But when the people were put forth, when you, listen, sometimes you've got to get the doubters out of your life. You've got to get the doubters out of your life. I live and breathe my healing day by day. And, you know, and, and honestly, science even proved this. We went to the Mayo Clinic. I've told you guys this. And this is what they tell you when you deal with a chronic pain sickness. They tell you, you need to sit down with your family and friends, and you need to tell them, here's my situation. This is what the Mayo Clinic told us. This is what you need to do. You need to sit down with your family and friends. We have some books that will help you with this. Sit down with them and explain to them that, you ha- that what you have is not going to kill you. It is a chronic illness, and the more that you talk about it and the more you focus on it, the worse you're going to feel. So you have to tell your friends and your family to not, you have to ask them, please don't ask me how I feel. Please don't ask me about my blood levels and this and that. And, you know, please don't be all up. Just, you know, just trust that if there's something going on that you need to know about, I'll tell you, and other than that, I'm perfectly fine. What the Mayo Clinic said. What did Jesus do? Jesus said, y'all have doubt and unbelief, get out. What did the Mayo Clinic say? Y'all have doubt and unbelief in their health and healing, get out. Don't talk to them. They put, the Mayo Clinic said, put borders up around you so people don't talk to you about sickness and disease. That's the same thing that Jesus said. When people, don't let people come in, you know, I'm very careful who I, if I'm having a rough day, I'm actually very careful about who I let know I'm having a rough day because I need them to be, I need them to build, because I'm having a weak moment and I need them to build me up, not put me in more fear. Well, does that mean that you lie when they ask you how you're doing? Absolutely not because there's no sickness in my spirit whatsoever. I'm speaking to, how are you doing? The real me is my spirit. I'm going to tell you how my spirit's doing because this is my house. When, you people, when people ask you, oh, how are you doing? Are they asking a report for how your house is? No. They want to know how you are. Well, how am I? The real me is fantastic. The real me has no problems. The real me has no sickness. The real me has no disease. So what did he do? He had to push these people. He said, get out of here. Go on. Get. He gets them out of there. He said, they laughed him to scorn. But when the people were put forth, he went in and took her by the hand, and the maid arose. Then the fame went out. Then here come these blind people, and they're crying on to him. How much, you know, people are crying to Jesus all the time. Oh, Jesus, won't you heal me? Oh, Jesus, will you heal me someday? Oh, pray that God will heal me sometime in the great by and by. If Jesus wants me to walk through the fire, then I'll walk through the fire. But I really like to be healed. People are crying to him all the time. So here these blind men are crying to him. And he said, he said to them, he said, they're crying, Oh, son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was coming to the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said unto them. They followed him into his house. Jesus went into the house, and here the blind men come after him. They went right into the house behind him. But this is faith, because faith won't be denied. Nope. 
He said, Jesus saith unto them, Believe you that I am able to do this? The question is not, is God able? The question is, are you able to believe? Are you able to reach up by faith, take your healing by faith, no matter what your body says, and hold on to it? And that's what Jesus said. Jesus said, uh, do you believe that I can do this? And they said, yea, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, according to your faith, be it unto you. He put the healing completely, the manifestation of their healing, of their sight, completely back in their hands. God has put the manifestation of your healing 100% in your hands. What prepositions are you going to use? Oh, I am healed, or oh, I will be healed, or I won't be healed. What preposition are you using? You need to use, I am healed. Go to 1 Peter 2. 1 Peter 2. Talk about the preposition and not look at First Peter two twenty four. First Peter two twenty four. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. He has listen. What opens the, we don't like to admit this, but what opens the door to sickness is sin. Rather, it's our sin from prior. Our sin from current, our sin from, from before we knew Christ, uh, or our parents' sin, or our grandparents' sin. We don't like to admit that it was sin that opened the door. Yes, there's sin in the world, 100%, and that sin can affect us. But we can't be naive. We've got to understand that the generational curses are a real thing. And the sin of the prior generations has an effect on us. Now, did they sin on purpose because they thought, well, I want to curse my great-great-great-grandchild? No, they didn't have an understanding. But just because you don't understand the law or, don't, or aren't aware of the law doesn't mean that you're not... Uh, that, that you get to just be null and void of the law. Yep, gravity still works whether you understand it or not. Right. <laughs> you know, here's the deal. If you go out, if you're desperate for money and you go out and rob the bank, uh, guess what? That was against the law, whether you knew it or not, whether you knew it or not. You could be driving with your driver's You know, I, I, I talked about, you know, some time ago that you're supposed to have your driver's license with you when you are in the vehicle driving. And somebody said... You don't have to have it. They can look it up. No, let me tell you something. I got in trouble. I actually got a ticket for not having my driver's license one time. Even though they could look it up, they actually ticketed it for me, ticketed me for it. Now, I was able to get it wavered, but just because you're not aware of a law doesn't mean that you're not accountable for the law. No, no, no. So we have to understand that sin opens the door to sickness and so when sin attacks we got to look what opened this door let's repent for it first peter two twenty four. understanding where and here's the other thing when you understand that sickness comes from sin then who's the creator of sin satan so if we understand that sickness is the root or the or sin is the root of sickness 
and we understand that Satan is the creator of the root, then Satan is the source of the sickness. When we understand that we have authority over sin, over Satan, then we now have authority, then we can now understand that we have authority over sickness. And we can tell sickness, uh-uh, you are not residing in this body. Why? Because Jesus hung on the tree. Come on. All right, so 24. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. Okay. Notice he said, uh, number, he said, uh, he, he bore our sins. Then he said, uh, we are now dead to sin. So one way to get your healing is make sure you don't have any active sin in your life. That's number one. Number two, make sure that you're living onto righteousness within the knowledge that you have and be always increasing in your knowledge of God. And then he said, if you're doing that, if you have set aside your sin, if you've repented from sin, if you're doing everything you can do to live according to righteousness, then you can declare by whose stripes I was, I were, we were healed. And if we were healed, then, then I am healed. healed. Then I am healed. Well, praise God, if I am healed, then sickness get out. Amen. Then sickness go. The sickness you have no right. The sickness you have no right. Stay off. So I, I was talking about in the beginning, you've got to stay off of the devil's territory. Listen, if you know that there's people that are sick, unless God tells you to be there, don't be there. If you know there's things that bring sickness upon your body, you know, eating sugar, don't eat sugar. Eating wheat, don't eat wheat. Whatever you're out, whatever the situation is. If you know that the environment is not a good environment for you, stay out of the environment. Don't be ignorant to the things of Satan. But if you're living clean, you're living right, you're living righteous, then you have the right, the power, and the ability to say, sickness, get out. Get out. There are spirits that are called spirits of infirmity. What is their job? Their job is to deliver sicknesses to people. It's like the little UPS man, only it's a demon with, sick, with packages of sickness. Don't accept them. How do you not accept them? Well, one way that people accept sickness is they go, oh, it's allergy season. My allergies are going to be, prepositions, my allergies are going to flare up. Here comes a sinus infection for sure. Prepositions. No, 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 no. They start saying allergy season. You start saying, praise God, I've been delivered. Praise God, no allergies have any right to attack me. Father, I thank you that I breathe clearly, that my sinuses do not get irritated. Here comes flu season. Oh, Lord, my, my nephew had just had, again, living under the curse, my nephew just had a really bad case of the flu, really bad case of the flu. And so he called, and he was on the speakerphone, and he's like, yeah, I got, he said, I got on the website, and I looked, and the flu that's going around, man, it's just eating Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina. Y'all be careful out there. And under my breath, I said, ain't no flu coming in this house in the name of Jesus. Ain't coming in this house. I mean, immediately. I rebuking that. Why? Because he's speaking the devil's language in my household. And I said, Satan, he ain't got authority to allow you to bring that. Uh, we ain't doing that in Jesus' name. 
And in fact, I said, in fact, I'm pretty sure I said, uh, no, we're not receiving the flu in this house in Jesus' name. What, what do you do? You got to watch it. You got to watch it. Don't let people bring stuff on you. Don't let them do that to you. Oh, it's flu, you know, flu season. Oh, it's allergy season. Oh, we're going to go on this big adventure, man. My knee's just going to act up with all that walking. What are you doing? Opening the door. Don't do that. Don't do that. No, your prepositions matter. I am the healed of the Lord. Not I'm going to be the healed of the Lord, but I am the healed of the Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, if you're listening online and you need healing in any way, shape, or form, reach out to us. We'll put you on our prayer list. We have great success. Uh, just about, I mean, we could go through and list all the people we've been praying for and uh, that have received their divine healings, but we'd be here for a long time. Amen. Uh, so if you need healing, don't hesitate to reach out to us. Let us pray for Amen. you. And when your healing comes, let us know, hey, I got healed. I'm looking at my list. Let me see. Let's see. We've got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, uh, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, uh, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38, 39, 40, 41, 42, 43, 44, 45, 46, 47, 48, 49, 50, 51 people on our healing list that we've been praying for. And of them, we've got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, uh, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, Nineteen. Nineteen on our current list that have received healing out of the 50 that we've been praying for. And we update the list every single week. So 19 of them we could take completely off the list. Glory to God. And that's just over the last month or so. That's just off the last month. So we know how to get healing. And most of these people, I'd say 20 of these people, we've only been praying for them for about two weeks. So, and some of them are, are some pretty big lifetime issues. Uh, but praise the Lord, some of these people have been healed of severe cancers. Others have been healed of minor injuries. Thank you, Jesus. You want to pray over the offering? Oh, Lord, we thank you for this word which we've received. Zach, if you'll come. We, yeah. we ask that you... Uh, we ask yes, that, thank you, Father. Lord, we, do, we thank you for this word that we've received. We, we Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we receive it with gratefulness. We receive it with thanksgiving. We receive it in the victorious spirit that it, that it is given to us. Because you have already defeated the devil. You have already stopped him in his tracks. You've already healed us. You've already given us what we need. We have only to reach out and receive it. We have only to reach out and believe it. We have only to reach out and ask for it. 
Your word says that if we knock, the door will be open. That if we ask, we, it will be given. So if we don't ask and we don't knock and we don't go after it, we won't get it. But Lord, and Lord, you know, your word says that we need to confess and hold fast to our confession. And we do. Lord, we just thank you that you, you help us to stand fast and to not make the mistake of speaking the wrong thing. And Lord, that, 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 that you will lead us and guide us to, to, to a better life. And that, that we will walk in, in the goodness that you would have us to walk in here on this earth as it is in heaven. And Lord, we just thank you. Lord, we know that, that, that you, have, you wanted us to live this abundant life here on the earth. And we thank you for that. And we thank you for making a way that we might be able to. That if we just push in, if we just follow you, if we just do these simple things, then we will have that abundant life. We will have that healed life. We will have that wholeness, that sowed-so. We will have it, Lord. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Lord, we ask that you bless this offering, that it go further than we can ever ask, hope, or think towards the doing of your work. Lord, we, we ask that you bless us, that we can become a bigger blessing under your kingdom and under your people. Lord, we just love you and we thank you. Satan, we bind you in the name of Jesus. We know you. We have seen you. We are aware of you, and we will stop you in the name of Jesus. We do take authority over you. We have authority in Jesus' name, and we will use it. And we do use it. Yes, thank you, Father. Yes, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Satan, we do bind you in Jesus' name. We command you to release and let go that, that belongs to the believers in this day and in this hour. We command the angels to go and to get it and cause it to come, favor in every area of life, prosperity in every area of life. And, Father, we give you the glory, the honor. We thank you that the word is working in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Glory to God. You can serve the people. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you.